Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, July 4th, 2021. Let's begin with a reading from Mark's Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Jesus left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, Where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Joses, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of Christ. May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. One autumn night, roughly 25 years ago, I sat on the edge of my bed, unable to sleep. From my perch, I could stare out the window at the fog-shrouded cemetery next door. A small, wood-framed church stood among the headstones, while nearby streetlights cast an eerie tone across the scene. The much newer church building lay just out of sight, hidden by the autumn leaves and inky mists. As I sat there, quietly, I could not anticipate the place that that parish church would eventually occupy in my heart. Years later, I began a seminary field placement at that same parish under the supervision of a very dynamic and engaging priest. As I discerned my sense of priestly vocation, that parish would become home. It was there that I began to develop as a preacher and deepened my practice of public liturgy. And it was that parish that sponsored my application to the priesthood. I was honored to be invited to preach and preside there this past autumn. Although some of the faces have changed, it was still like going home. But not all homecomings are joyous occasions. Mark's Gospel gives us a glimpse of another kind of homecoming, somewhat less pleasant than might have been expected. By this point in Jesus' ministry, Jesus had a growing reputation as a teacher and miracle worker. We're told that he decided to return to his hometown of Nazareth with his disciples. Our scene opens with him teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath. 
the assembled congregation were astonished by his teaching and by the miracles that he had been doing. That's when the tongues began to wag. Where did he get all this? As the story unfolds, the underlying question quickly becomes, who does he think he is? The issue at hand centers not only around Jesus' authority, but also around the contrast between Jesus' behavior and the people's perception of who he truly was. They dismissed him as just a carpenter, devoid of any credentials to teach with such authority. They go on to try to define him by his familial relationships, both to Mary and then to his siblings. But their description includes a subtext. As one scholar points out, their description of him as the carpenter, the son of Mary, ignored any mention of a father figure. In first century culture, this information would be a direct insult on Jesus' character and on his honor hinting at one who was conceived illegitimately. This type of history, with a fatherless lineage, would be scandalous to them. In that cultural setting, these questions were not simply about Jesus' authority as a religious teacher. They were also a direct attack on his legitimacy as a person. The message was clear. Jesus ought to know his place, and those gathered in the synagogue thought that he had overstepped his bounds. Jesus responds by reframing the narrative. Prophets are not without honor except in their hometown, among their own kin, and in their own house. Jesus wasn't simply being contradictory. By referring to himself as a prophet, he associated himself with a long line of countercultural figures within Israel. Historically, prophets were most effective when they functioned outside the norms of society. We don't have to look too far for an example. Consider for a moment Jesus' own cousin John the Baptist, preaching and baptizing in the desert wilderness. By referring to himself as a prophet, Jesus rejected traditional stereotypes around authority and defined himself by a different standard. As a prophet, his authority is divinely given and not conferred by the local establishment, religious or otherwise. Undeterred by this rejection, Jesus knows there is still work to be done. He sends the disciples out in pairs, telling them to travel lightly and empower them to offer all manner of spiritual healing. He even gave them direction on how to respond when they experienced the kind of rejection that he had experienced. The disciples' mission was modeled on Jesus' own example. The message was clear. Being a disciple is not a spectator sport. It's an active way of life. Furthermore, the disciples' authority came from Christ himself, just as Christ's authority came from the Father. Can you imagine what it was like for that first generation of people who listened to the disciples? What would this be like for people who were steeped in centuries' worth of traditions? Along came Jesus and his followers performing miracles, challenging social norms, and overturning religious traditions with their teachings. 
Scripture describes a range of responses, telling us that some folks found Jesus' work and teaching very difficult to understand and receive, while others found Jesus to be a breath of fresh air. Ironically, those in the synagogue rejected Jesus, while it was often those on the margins of society who found Jesus' teachings most accessible. Today's text invites us into deeper reflection and conversation. In our reading for today, we read about people who were scandalized by the authority with which Jesus taught things that they found challenging. Captivated by their own understanding and by what they considered to be traditional wisdom, the religious establishment struggled to see Jesus for who he truly was. This issue confronted both Jesus and his disciples time and time again. This story holds a mirror up for those of us who identify ourselves as Jesus' followers. How do we, who claim to tread in the footsteps of Jesus and his disciples, respond to challenging teachings? By identifying himself with the title of prophet, Jesus moved to the margins of society so that he could speak truth and reconciliation to those in desperate need. As people of faith, we are invited to consider how we respond to the voices that call out to us from the margins of our own modern society. How do we respond to those who do not occupy traditional roles of authority or power? How do we answer when our understanding of our faith and the world around us are challenged? Our text goes beyond inviting us to examine how we respond personally, extending to include a call to action. Jesus responded to rejection by giving his disciples a mandate to go out into the world following in his own footsteps. Rejected by friends and family at home, the message of reconciliation with God would be carried out to strangers abroad. This is a call to go beyond being passive and to actively seek out ways to extend God's invitation to reconciliation and wholeness to everyone we meet. Being a welcoming community of faith is a wonderful start, but today we are reminded that being welcoming is just the beginning of the story. Just as those first disciples were called to go beyond the synagogue walls, so too are we called to go beyond both pew and narthex. We are called to proactively seek out ways to offer reconciliation healing, and wholeness to those in need. In the words of our baptismal covenant, we are called to seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving all others as we love ourselves. Let's pray. God of the prophets, in every age, you send the word of truth, familiar yet new. Let us not be counted among those who lack faith, but give us vision to see Christ in our midst and to welcome your saving word. Grant this through our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen.